Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in here with Bischoff and Brown. Another episode right here on the Detroit Lions Podcast. He's Scott Bischoff. I'm Russ Brown. We're back and the regular season preview is in the rear view. The last one was last week. We we are done with that, and we're done with the foolishness. We are on to the only games that matter, the playoffs. And it is it's it's been fun, man. This has been a fun year. I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday, but before we get into it, Scott, my man, how are you? I'm doing great. I would just like to first... Um, you know, the 14 franchise, or however many franchises, 18 franchises that are not playing anymore. Kind of sucks to be you. Uh, you know, <laughs> we got bigger things going on. Can you imagine saying that shit? <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. No, I'm great. How are you doing? Uh, hey, I'm good, man. It's a Monday night. It's after the uh, it's after the Lions win against the Vikings. A close call. We'll break down some of that, review it. Uh, but the big focus tonight is going to be the Rams. Um, and then obviously, you know, later tonight we'll watch Michigan maybe win a national title. That's pretty crazy to talk about. But um, some championships are coming here in the in the, in the terms of football this year. So yeah. we'll we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. But uh, we're going to get right into it. Lions beat the Vikings thirty to twenty yesterday, and um, I mean, went into it thinking they were going to win. Uh, kind of expected them to win. Um, don't like that Nick Mullins passed for as many yardage as he did. But some positives, you know, we're, we're going to get into the big storyline, obviously, with Sam Laporta. But the, the the big positives defensively was that Gardner Johnson and Aline McNeil both returned yesterday and played pretty significant reps. Uh, yeah. McNeil had a big tackle for loss, a couple of other tackles as well. And then Gardner Johnson had the interception. But um, what was your kind of takeaway from this game um, as far as just how we looked overall? I mean, we looked playoff ready, I think. Yeah, and you know that's. I know we're going to get into the this is the whole st- uh, playing starters and all that stuff. I, I just think that's uh, Dan Campbell's a very aggressive minded coach. Um, I love the idea of getting McNeil and Gardner Johnson Jr. minutes, uh, and getting them sort of, <clears throat> you know, the idea of them having their first minutes, uh, you know, back. In in the playoffs was not a great thing, so just getting them, you know, getting uh, getting snaps in was a really good thing, and I think it's it's more important maybe for the secondary than is anything else, just for communication, kind of you know, um, just so they could vibe together, and and they did. I mean, they gave up big plays like they're gonna do, you know. <laughs> I mean, it just you know, um, but you know, you love to see the pick, uh, like you said, McNeil was active. He makes he makes the players on that defensive line look. Uh, it's it just it's it's easier for the rest of them when he's there. Mm-hmm. So you know it's, it was good to see. Um, I expected the, I expected uh, you know, Mullins to be able to n- not pick them apart. It's the wrong word, but he is willing to throw the ball anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just is. So they're gonna you're gonna give up big plays against a team like that with Justin Jefferson, who's uncoverable. I don't care how many people you cover him with. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got to clean it up, you know, tighten things up a little bit. But I thought, it, you know, it was kind of what I was was expecting from the game. Um, a little tighter than we wanted it to be at, at moments. But, you know, it's not like the Vikings are a bad team. It's just the quarterbacking and, and some of the stuff around around what they do is, is, is lacking right now. But they have a good defense and the Lions did not look, you know, th- their offense looked good. So uh, the takeaway is the offense had a... A solid performance of of feel good about yourself football, 
And, you know, the defenders got some minutes that they really needed, especially the guys returning. Mm-hmm. We'll see where it goes. What do you think? Kind of the same boat. I mean, offense looked good for the most part. Um, defensively, it's kind of been the same story the last couple of weeks, really, since the, the loss to the Bears. Or, ex- yeah, to the Bears. Um, they've just kind of, last four weeks or so, just bend don't break mindset with the defense um over the last three games they've given up over you know almost 1200 yards passing total yeah well, that's like a 384 yard average but they've only given up 20 points a game during that time so it's been it's don't the break. problem there so but the problem there is you, you see jeff justin jefferson twice and cd lamb so it's like okay i you know yeah. those and guys they go off they're gonna make their plays Right. And, and I get it. The path is, you know, path to the Super Bowl, a championship. You're going to play the the best teams in the NFC. I mean, the NFC is a, a it's a freaking gauntlet. It just is. It's not the AFC. The AFC's got talent. But I mean, you remove Baltimore from the equation uh, and there's nobody really there. I mean, Miami looks fraudulent. The, the Bills hit or miss. I mean, you look at Josh Allen, if if he turns the football over a bunch, that team is very limited. The Chiefs don't look the same. I mean, there's a lot of limitations with teams in the AFC where with the NFC, I think it's it's really wide open. And the Lions are one of those teams. It's wide yeah. open for them um, because of how much talent they have. Um, the key is that they've been forcing turnovers. Previously, you know, a month, you know, two months ago, they weren't doing that. They've had seven interceptions in the last three games. I get it. Nick Mullins threw four of them or technically six of them. But um, it's one of those where it's like you're getting the turnovers. Stafford can sling it. But he also can throw interceptions, and and we're going to talk about the you know Stafford and the Rams. So overall, I liked what we saw. I, I thought you know um, Hutchinson is really starting to get into his own. Um, we we talked about that a little bit last week. We we broke down, um, I believe, his sack that we talked about on the play of the week, and you just look at what he's doing. He's really taken a, a step forward within his pass rush. You bring back McNeil now. Jack Campbell had a good game. He had a nice blitz there, um, and that was. Yeah, and he had some misses, but we've talked about that. Like, he's going to miss. Um, you're, you're tackling Justin Jefferson in space. You're going to miss a tackle. Um, and ultimately, it's it, it, what we're seeing now defensively beats what we saw two months ago where they weren't sending five-man pressures. It was everybody playing stagnant. The only person going after the quarterback was Hutchinson, who, by the way, is the uh, – one of only five players since they started charting pressures, and this is according to Pro Football Focus, uh, Sam Monson tweeted this out today, is 101 pressures. He joins the list of Micah Parsons, who did it this year with 103, but the list is TJ Watt, Aaron Donald, and, uh, or JJ Watt, excuse me, Aaron Donald, and Max Crosby. So, like, he's in elite company for yeah. what he's been able to do. Um, I, I, I love what they've, I love what they did, um, but the, the big storyline is just this. Sam Laporta hurt. We don't know what's going to happen. And this is going to open up the conversation. And, and people are going to comment below at Detroit Lions Podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcast, um, Spotify. Again, wherever you get your podcast, you are gonna you can comment. That's fine. But be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show because you're going to tell us that Dan Campbell was in the wrong for playing as starters and that if anything goes wrong offensively, it's because Sam Laporta got hurt if he doesn't play on Sunday against the Rams. But he gets hurt. Um, well, I mean, what, what's your takeaway here for the for the offense? Okay, so so one thing real quick. Um, we have seen now for two years the Lions go through long spells of of just on defense of just sucking, and for lack of being able to describe it, literally just sucking. And then snap your fingers, and all of a sudden they're getting pressure, they're getting sacks. The back half of the season last year specifically, so. And and boy, if my brain wasn't broken, I would be able to tell you this. But I think it was the Miami game two years ago. And the Aubrey Pleasant uh, removal was kind of like the jumping off point for them to go from, all right, there's nothing happening here to, all right, we're, we're, we're forcing turnovers and there's uh, now you're getting a bunch of pressures and all this stuff going on. So the ho- jump forward this year, the hope was that a month or, or five weeks ago that the Lions were just in a, a little a bit of a protracted slump of not playing good football and talented enough to still win some of those games but not be playing real well. Yeah. And right now, it just feels like they are 
yeah, they're giving up plays on defense and all that stuff, but they're they're heading in a really good direction. They, I mean, if there's an if the arrow is pointing anyway for the Detroit Lions right now, it's up. Mm-hmm. And I would say that was the hope that we we talked about this like six weeks ago was that's what we were hoping for is that yeah they went through a six week spell of not playing really good football but let's hope they're turning it around and it sure seems like they have because you mentioned it Hutchinson is getting pressures and finishing others are too uh, they're turning over the football all that stuff but okay so to Laporta um, I I understand. The frustration in the, um, I would even, I, I, I totally understand how a person would be pissed right now at, at what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this, this is a huge injury for them. This, I mean, it's like the safety blankets off, has been, has been taken off the field. And the Lions, they're going to need everything that they, they possibly have that they can get going in the right direction. They're going to need it to win this game, specifically this game. But the thing is this, is, and trust me, I went through a, a half hour um, spell yesterday where I was, you know, thinking, you know, just a little bent out of shape about why are we doing this? But you played at a time slot in which you just didn't know um, what Dallas and Philadelphia were going to do. And I just want to, I just want to put this out there for people. So let's pretend that Dan Campbell gets real passive. And sits everybody, and they lose to Minnesota. And Philly loses to the Giants, and Dallas loses to Washington. And you just gave away the two seed. Tell me what people would be saying today, both nationally and locally. What would people be saying about Dan Campbell? Bonehead. Exactly. So mm-hmm. you you make the, the decision to play everybody just in case, and you never know. I don't think anybody really thought. I mean, Philly has Philly has played very poorly, almost almost like they've mailed it in for weeks. So I don't think that was a surprise. So you were just looking for a Washington win at home against Dallas, and it's like I get, I get why you would be upset today about Laporta being injured, but but we we have to remember the Lions still had something to play for yesterday. Yep, they really did. Yep. So that this is the price of an aggressive coach, and a, and a coach who was literally. I shouldn't say literally, it's the wrong word. A coach who I, I think, in my mind, wanted to keep them sort of on the track of, hey, we're playing really good football. Let's not derail that just to keep people safe. It's just not his it's not in his approach. So well, and you're, I see both sides, but I understand what the Lions did. I do. Yeah. But it, no, I'm with you. And at the same time, it's like you you had the injury and um I'm sorry, I'm zoning out because I think somebody pulled in my driveway. But uh, you you have the injury, and it's it's one of those where it's like you you didn't know what was going to happen. You had something to play for. You were playing for the two seed, and this is a team that is a week removed from the Dallas game. It feels so. Last week was such a long week that I feel like it, it almost feels like the Dallas game was a couple of weeks ago, but it was literally yes. a week ago. And it's Ross, one of that is a great point. You, I, I mean, I think you're making. I wish you would have started because I wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Um, that's the. I think this is the point. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's it's just like last week was a long ass week, and it's not just like outside of the podcast and in personal life or anything. It was just a long week, and it feels like it was a long time ago. But they were fired up about what happened the week prior, and this yesterday was supposed to be a statement game, and it was one of those where if Laporta didn't get hurt. It might have been forty-five to ten or forty-five to fourteen. Like it, it might have been the Broncos two game, and the injury happened. I think they took their foot off the gas a little bit. Everybody it, it, yesterday across the league, people were playing with hesitation. I mean, especially the playoff teams. And Philadelphia is a prime example. Jalen Hurts is now hurt; his throwing hands all jacked up. Yeah. Sidney Brown, the promising rookie who had a week ago a ninety-nine yard touchdown uh, pick six, he's done for the year with a torn ACL. AJ Brown got rolled up on and looks like he has a similar injury to Sam Laporta or Khalif Raymond. We don't know Raymond's injury, but like he could have an ACL problem. Teams got hurt yesterday. And I'm not saying like, oh, let's be happy about that. But like the additional week of the season, that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. But furthermore, I mean, the the Lions had something to play for. And if you're, if you want to bash Dan Campbell, go ahead. If you want to say, okay, you play your starters for the first quarter, 
be my guest, but you're new to Detroit Lions football if that's what you're thinking. Like this is this is the team. This is their identity. They are coming for blood every single time, and especially after the Cowboys game. They're they're they're. I mean, last week they said it. Dan Campbell said it. he goes, "We'll see them again." Like I, I thought about that today, and I was like, "Now nah, I'm not as worried about the Rams." Like I'm worried because it's Matthew Stafford, and yeah. and how how poetic would that be when we preview this game that he comes back to Detroit and gets a a playoff win for the other team in Detroit. But like, yeah, the Laporta injury, it sucks, but people forget too. We didn't have Sam Laporta last year. We went on and won eight, seven, eight games down the stretch with Brock Wright. We didn't yeah. have Hawkinson. We treated the, the, the taste that's in your mouth after the Dallas game. Yeah. And think about them just saying, okay, we're, we're cool tasting that for another week by, because we're going to rest our guys and be passive and just, Right. And play, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I didn't think about it until you said it, but man, I just don't, I think they needed to, I just, I think they needed to move on from that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the injury sucks. Yep. You know, the good news is it sounds like it's nothing, like nothing seriously long-term. And there's a chance, although I think it's really unlikely yeah. that he plays. And if he does, he'll be very, very limited. Yep. Um the same thing happened. This is the exact same injury that Travis Kelsey suffered before week one. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not wrong, that happened on like a Tuesday. And he was he was trying, he was out on the field on Thursday trying to prove to them that he could make it. Mm-hmm. And he just couldn't. He didn't have enough time. Yeah. It, the nice thing is that Laporta's gotten more time. But but that know, was also avoid a, a huge injury. He did, which is, a, that's a big deal for next year, right? Exactly. But, but also the, the Travis Kelsey thing is, you know, Kelsey got hurt in week one. Like they had the whole season to play for. Yeah. This is it. This is do or die. So could he give it a go? Maybe. Um, I'm glad they got the Sunday night game. I kind of would have preferred the Monday game just for the additional day. Absolutely. Um, but again, this is a team that last year they went and won football games against the uh, against teams without a bona fide stud at tight end. And what the Lions have offensively with Gibbs and Laporta, and we can talk about it, it's a blessing, man. Like it, it does not happen for a lot of teams to to crack two draft picks that high, two top forty draft picks, and have the production that they had, especially at the tight end position. That is a hard position to learn because you have to not only pass, be a pass catcher, but you have to run block. And Laporta does a little bit of everything, and he is efficient at just about everything, especially after the catch. So what he's done this year: ten touchdowns, eighty-two receptions. Uh, the ten touchdowns tied with. Mike Ditka and Rob Gronkowski, like that's just ridiculous. You really have, yeah. And you talked about a pre-show Gibbs and, and Laporta having ten touchdowns each. Like that's a big deal um, for rookies. And the Lions are a well-coached football team. And I just wouldn't be surprised if we saw Brock right back and we saw James Mitchell potentially have the best game of his career, just simply because we're talking about we're, guys. We're talking about the tight end position. We're not talking about Jared Goff. We're yep. talking about a tight end, and I get it. Laporta is damn good. I'm very happy with him. We are talking about a tight end. If you lose to the freaking God-blessed Rams because of a tight end, we have bigger fish to fry, and draft season's going to be very long if that's going to be the case that people want to make. Yeah, it, it, totally. Uh, to- I'm totally with you, and Mitchell, could he could play a huge role in this game. Um, we have talked about this for a little bit, uh, for, for a little while, but if it it just feels like um, I'm 53. It's the Lions have been the Lions were, uh, you know, it was just Bad dead for for all along the longest time. And if if you want to see the turnaround, just look at Brad Holmes' draft classes. It is unbelievable. I mean, it, it just, it. I, I don't think there's anybody else doing uh, Brad Holmes stuff out there. I just don't. No. So, in a ma- in a matter of three years, you you t- you come away from Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, and you know the whole, the whole baseball bat during the draft kind of come on. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, could you be uh, whatever? And now here you are, three years three years removed, and you're hosting a playoff game. You've won a division, but more importantly, you have young players making huge. You know, being huge parts of of what they're doing. Just think of Gibbs and and Brian Branch and Campbell, who who flashed yesterday, looked really good. 
and Laporta, and there's more, you know, um, just, it's just amazing to, to, to think about where they, where they are and how quick they've gotten there. And here you are. Yeah. You're playing against the Rams, but you know, um, I don't know. I just think it's, I think that it's just, it's great stuff what the lions have going on, but yeah, I mean the Laporta thing sucks for this week. And I don't personally, I don't think he's going to play, but if he does, it's great. I, I do think that, you know, getting Jamison Williams back, nobody's really, we're not talking about him. I, I mean, I do think that he, he had uh, two ankle sprains coming off of one play, which is the weirdest thing, but so crazy. it is. So it sounds like uh, from what Campbell said today, he's trending in a really good way. Brock Wright's good. So really the only negative injury stuff that's there is Laporta, and it's a lot better coming out of yesterday than than we were thinking. I don't know what you were thinking when you looked at that right away, but I, I thought, that. yeah, I thought for sure this was, you know, this was going to impact the beginning of next year and that kind of stuff. But, um, I, you know, the, the only benefit that I saw from the injury on the TV broadcast was, um, and I've not dove into the, the actual tape or anything. I don't even know if I really will. Maybe I'll clip some stuff, but, um, just simply because the game, it, it was a meaningless game in a sense. Yeah. It wasn't, but it was at the same time. But um, the, the the thing that I was like, okay, this is good, is that he wasn't laying flat on the cart. He was sitting in an upright position with his knees bent. And I was like, something's not, it's not torn. It must be intact because they wouldn't have his knee bent if it was torn. Yeah. Because uh, they don't want to further any damage. So um, I, I knew that was okay, but. Yeah, no, the injury was scary, and it, it it definitely kind of took the wind out of the sails, and it sucks not having him. If he doesn't play, it's going to suck. Don't get me wrong. He's so yeah. damn good, um, and he's easily become one of the five best at his position in year one. It's, a, it's amazing what he's going to do for a position that, again, it takes two to three years for a lot of these guys to pan out, some four. Um, sometimes it takes a change of scenery, um, but yeah, for, for him to be this good this quick, it, it just goes to show that he's... He's a very good player, and it's it was a very good pick. And Brad Holmes, he knows what he's doing. I mean, they've gotten 12, 13, maybe 14 starters or key contributors in the last three years. And this was a team that, you know, when they played the Rams the first go-around in 2021, they were like 0-7, 0-8. They went 3-13. and um, And we're going to get into what that roster looked like here in a minute. But before we do, we've got to move on from Laporta. we got to talk about the play of the week, as we've been doing every week, powered by Restore. Um, and guys, I got to tell you, you have to check them out. Restore Hyper Wellness. You know, maybe you're an athlete. You got kids like us where, you know, they're athletes or you're just trying to get back into the gym and you're just not recovering like you used to. Well, I've got a solution for you. Go check out Restore Hyper Wellness here in Northville or Birmingham, Michigan. Um, my son's a three-sport athlete. I uh, am in the gym a couple times a week and it's something that we just do on a weekly basis. Every couple of days we go and get you know, IV drip therapy, we go and get compressions, we go to the, you know, the cryo train chamber, we do a bunch of stuff. Um, and just after one visit, we feel better. So uh, go check them out. We are hooked. And they've got a ton of, you know, still some special holiday offers right now. They still got a bunch of other offers that they're doing um, for first time users to the, to the facility and things like that. So get your family member, a friend, even yourself, the service you need to restore your body tell them I sent you from the Detroit Lions podcast so they can get you taken care of and then get you back to doing more of what you love. Don't wait around. Go check out Restore Hyper Wellness now. You can check them out over at restore.com. So play of the week for me is I'm going to be a little petty here. I'm just going to go with the Dan. I'm I'm going the Dan Skipper catch. I loved the Amount of times that he checked in, I love that he basically had to go to the line of scrimmage in front of everybody and say, hey, I'm in the game. Um, And it was a simple, just flat route. He ran out to the flats, got three or four yards, got tackled low, which is to be expected. The dudes, one thing is for sure, Dan Skipper is freaking massive. He is six, seven, huge person. Yes, dude, he is a tree, but. It was great to see him just go out there and make that catch um, and just seeing him in the the formations with the tackle over stuff, which is, again, something they've been doing for several, several weeks. So I let Stan- hands he flashed on, on his catch. Yeah. Pretty damn natural catching the ball there. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and I will say the Lions seem to have some of the most athletic pass-catching t- tackles in the league from Taylor Decker, Panay Sewell, and now Dan Skipper. So um, that it's, it's it was just great. I thought it was a, a great moment for him. It's very rewarding. I mean, we're talking offensive linemen, and some guys, as you know, or maybe you don't know, but offensive linemen, like, they don't catch the football, and they go their whole life never catching one pass. And it's like, that's rewarding for a guy like that that's been up and down in the league um, and has had to battle for everything to earn his spot. And uh, he's earned it with Detroit. He's earned an, you know, a potential another contract. He, he earns another go around here for sure. Um, but I, I thought it was a great play. I thought it was just kind of hysterical with, with the whole thing, with the crowd and the ref and everything. So it was a good play. It was good design. And um, yeah. So it's good vibes too. Because, you know, um, the Lions reward a guy like Skipper with a pass. And like, like you're saying, it doesn't, it's just a pass. It's not a big deal. But it, but it is, you know, um, the energy behind it and and what it means, right? And then you see at the end of the game them rewarding Josh Reynolds by really forcing the ball to him. And they've been pretty, they tried, they were forcing the ball to him the entire game. There yeah. was a couple of red zone uh, shots that they that they gave to him where he he just wasn't open. But you know, they were trying to get him his bonus. And I just think it's one of those things where you look around and. Some teams are not necessarily doing that, and Lions reward their guys. And something as simple as a little flair for, you know, um, your, uh, you know, your your extra tackle, your swing tackle, it's a big deal, especially yep. coming off of the week that that you know where the NFL was kind of accusing him of, <laughs> of making a mistake, right? Yeah, but it, it leads to me to, to like think of a, a guy like Dan Skipper and how much work. He has put in to be the Lions swing tackle. Now, this is what is this year seven or so for him in the NFL? Something like that. Might be even eight or so, but he's it's been yeah. a long time. And I remember standing or standing in the uh in the the end zone of a of a high school in Tampa Bay watching him at the East West Shrine game. Pretty sure it was him, and he's super tall. And it's like, I don't know how this guy's gonna play tackle. He's so tall, right? But he's six foot ten. My fault. He is massive. He's just a huge person, but Kudos to him and others like him that work so hard to stay on the bottom of a like. I know that sounds crazy, but he's a bottom of the roster player. Yeah, who he, works? He's, he's just you know. Yeah, the effort's been on these guys to work. Yeah, he's been on seven different teams. He's been on the Lions four separate times. He was undrafted in 2017. So, yeah, it's amazing. I have a, a friend, a friend of uh, Matt Sokol, who's the. Uh, that uh, the Patriots tight end and the same thing with him, you know, he's been, he's been in Detroit. He's been with the chargers. He's been with new England and the effort this young man puts into his craft is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think it's worth, it's worth noting that even stuff like that, it's just amazing how, how much work these guys put in, you know? Yeah. So, so the lions reward skipper with that kind of a place. That's a great, it was awesome. Super cool. Yeah. And it is, you were right. It was beyond petty, but that's that was the beauty of it. Yep. For me, um, I'm going to go with the Amon Ra 70-yard touchdown. Only from the perspective of of what um, what Harrison Phillips did to him. And I, this, I, I think this is more of a hockey kind of a move than it is a football move. But the Lions need to be reminded. The Lions need to to get the number and put it in the in the memory banks. And next year when they play. They need to make him. They need to let him know that what he did yesterday to Amon Ra was both dirty and uh, and really unacceptable. Yeah, and I don't know if any, if anybody really saw it or felt about it the way I do. But like Amon Ra goes down and he's laying on his back, and Harrison Phillips jumps onto his stomach with his like right knee first, mm-hmm. and then stays there. And instead of using the ground, his hands on the ground to get up. He pretty much uses Amon Ra's ribs to get up, right? And it was—it just seemed like such a dirty, almost um, an out of character play for a guy like Harrison Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just—it felt unnecessary in the moment. And th- and again, after the Laporta injury and seeing other players, you know, like it wasn't great seeing Amon Ra grab his ribs. Yeah. It just wasn't. And that and you know, come out and said anything, right? As far as like what that's been? I don't no, think so. No. So he comes off the field and you're thinking, holy man, 
And the next thing you know, he's wide open in space and he scores a 70 yard touchdown. And it was almost like, like an SU kind of a, a, a thing. Like, you know, hey, you can, uh, you can, you can try to keep us down, but we're not staying down kind of a thing. That's how it felt in the moment. Like it was, it was a relieving thing because he was back and he was playing. So it wasn't like he was injured or any kind of stuff, but it was more of a, you know, just like, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna suffer you fools kind of stuff. It was cool. So you know that was the play of the week for me. Uh, there was a bunch. You know, the lots of lots of splashy stuff on defense. Uh, the offense looked good. You know, really good um, get right game. But that's well, what it was for me. Yeah, and I just want to kind of capitalize on what you just said. It's a great point. It's the identity of this football team. Like you said. They, this was a F you to them. Like you try to keep me down and you're not keeping me down. I mean, that is, that is the epitome of what this team is. Like, this is what they are about. It was from day one when Campbell walked in biting kneecaps. Like people want to joke about that, but this freaking team breathes that. Like they live it. And that's why these starters were in. This is why, you know, they're gambling on fourth down more than any team in the league. Why guys like St. Brown, who is due for a huge contract and is pissed off at the world that he's not in the Pro Bowl, which is perfectly fine. And I love that he's using that for motiv- motivation, but like he has every right to be upset. And he could have he could have said, hey, we're in the playoffs. I'm going to worry about next week. My ribs jacked up. He kept battling through. Like that is, that's what this team is all about, man. And it's, yeah. I just, well, I love it. Um, and it, it's awesome. But hopefully, and we talked about some injuries, hopefully Sam Laporta, Amon St. Brown, a couple of these other guys, hopefully they go check out our friends over at Restore hyper wellness if they do uh they will get them them ready to go and if that means 24 hours seven day a week service for the next couple of days i will make it happen just let me know detroit Lions. so we will get it going <laughs> but yeah. what we got to get going is the lions rams playoff preview couldn't have wrote it any better hollywood called and they said this is the script and this is what we got and matthew stafford coming back to town I look, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It was terrifying. Um, I've kind of settled down a little bit, but it still is terrifying because it's just like, what are the odds, man? Like, what are the odds? But this team, the Rams, they are red hot. They have been red hot and they're due for maybe a reality check, maybe come back to earth a little bit. Um, I, I have some some notes here. Um, Stafford got hurt back in the Cowboys game several weeks ago. Um, I think their bye week was like week 10 or week 11 in the previous week. They had played the, the Packers and then they played the Cowboys the week before that. And Stafford hurt his throwing hand, you know, per, per usual. And, uh, <laughs> and it looked like they were dead. You know, they had three wins. They had six losses or something like that. Seven losses. They looked like they were out of the race. And um, since then, I mean, he's playing the best football he's probably played in two years. And he's completing almost 66% of his passes. He's got almost 1,900 yards passing, 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. The Rams are 6-1 and one, uh, during this span, technically 7-1 and one if we count yesterday, but he didn't start so or yeah. play. So in the games that he's played since that Dallas game, he's 6-1. and one, um, But five of those wins have been against non-playoff teams. I mean, we're talking the Commanders, the Giants. Um, so, I mean, the... Like, I don't know what to take of this team. I mean, what's your spin on the Rams? And are you as, I mean, we were both kind of like, man, that's kind of terrifying to think about Stafford coming to town. Are you, are you kind of settled down a little bit like I am? Or are you kind of hitting the panic button here? Um, I don't, I think I pulled you down some. (laughs) Yeah. And no panic button. Just, uh, just recognition that it's not, this isn't any, it's not an easy matchup. It's not a good matchup, but to be honest with you, I, you mentioned before we came up. I don't know that Green Bay is a great matchup either. You know, it's the playoffs. It's it's expected that the. I mean, you know, it's not like it's um, it's not like it's Buffalo getting Pittsburgh. You know, that's yeah. that's a that's kind of a black swan kind of a thing where, where you know, every team you're you're going to play in the playoffs is going to is going to challenge you and it's going to be a test. It's just uh, you know, I mean, there's history there's history between these quarterbacks and. I, as much as we're, everybody's going to talk about Stafford coming home, Stafford chose to leave. I think it's more. I think yeah. it's more on the other side that that intrigues me is that golf kind of was golf was kind of kicked to the curb by this team. 
Mm. And he has resurrected his career. And to me, as much as it's a Stafford homecoming kind of a deal, this is an opportunity for Jared Goff to really, uh, you know, make a statement. It really is against a team that pretty much, hey, you're not good enough for us. Yeah, I hope. I hope he. You know, I'm. Sh- I don't think there's there is any shortage of uh, you know reasons for them to play well or whatever it is. But as much as people are going to want to talk about the Stafford stuff, I don't think we should forget exactly how the Rams treated Goff at the end. That's yep. not even as a Goff fan or whatever it is. It's just that's what happened. You know, they they kicked him to the curb for somebody who they thought was better. Yeah, and Goff is Goff has been really good the last year and a half. I mean, he really has. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little more, I think it's easier to now recognize, all right, this is the matchup. And as much as two weeks ago, I, I kind of dreaded this matchup. It is what it is. It's who they're playing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think the Rams present unique challenges that the Lions are going to have to figure out. And the first one of those is Kyron Williams, who's been playing, I mean, like, he is incredible in yeah. that offense. And he's really, as much as, you know, it's Stafford and, and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, is his his emergence as a primary, uh, the primary ball carrier and a huge weapon as a runner in that offense has allowed them to do everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's it strikes me as interesting that the Lions have done a really good job against the run, and they're going to have to do a really good job this week to contain him and then force hopefully force the Rams to be somewhat, you know, um, hey, you know, we have to, we're, we have to throw because we're struggling to run the ball, make yeah. them, make them, you know, put them into a situation where they, that's just who, what their I- identity has to be to beat you. Yep. And then force Stafford to do it. But that's kind of where it is. You know, I mean, we can, we can look at the matchups, you know, from the running backs and, and the wide receivers, but we all know Stafford's a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh the res- the receiving weapons they have there are they're really really good receivers they really are they are they have a no, really good running back yeah but no, and he gets what? the lions have a quarterback play at a pr- playing at a pretty high level mm-hmm. couple of electric running backs different guys but you know mm-hmm. guys who are going to present challenges to the rams mm-hmm. and Amon Ra's tough to cover you know Jamison Williams is going to be tough to cover in this game yeah. No, I would I would hope he makes a big play in this game. Um Dude, I, I hope. I mean he he had a couple last time they you know they they played in Los Angeles with with the Chargers. He had a, a couple big plays in that game. And I know we're playing at home, but I mean he's if he's healthy, he's ready to go. He's due for yeah. a big game because they're gonna need it if Laporta's not ready to go. But I'm glad you brought up Kyron Williams because he was one of my my dudes during the draft process and he just I, I never really knew where he fit in the NFL because he never it never felt like he was going to be like a top 50 back. He probably went right where he deserved to go through the pre-draft process in the fifth round. But his vision is very underrated for the running backs in this league. Like he does a really good job on a lot of these zone runs and he finds ways to like press, press, press and then break one or bend and it's just, it's great stuff. I was watching the game against Cleveland, and the reason I'd watched the game against Cleveland uh, was just simply because I thought there were some similarities with the Browns defense compared to the Lions defense. Um, just, there was a lot of cover one stuff there. There was cover three. Um, but, you know, I didn't get it, Miles Garrett, but you have Aiden Hutchinson. So I was just curious how they neutralized, uh, you know, a top edge rusher. And, they they did obviously a lot of chipping and they mm-hmm. they sent a lot of guard help over to the tackle side uh, for that counter back inside. So I think that's something Hutch is probably going to see, and the Lions are going to have to get crafty with some blitzes and find ways to not get beat deep from like Tutu Atwell or Demarcus Robinson yeah. and uh, probably even Puka Nakua. But the big thing is is like finding ways to make sure Cooper Cup doesn't eat you up alive underneath. But if they stop the run, like you mentioned then the Lions make this team very one-dimensional in the Rams. And this year, the Lions have allowed just about 90 yards rushing per game. It's 88.8, which is second best in the NFL. Uh, and I like to kind of look through stretches because, you you know, the beginning of the year, you might play a team that hasn't figured it out yet or so on and so forth. But over the last four games, they've only allowed 62 and a half yards rushing. And I know two of those games was against the Minnesota Vikings, but 
this is a football team. They just find ways to stop the Chandler, run there. Chandler had been eating it up, you know. Yeah. Chandler had been really good the, the previous month or three or three weeks, but you know, um, it was really cool to see Hutchinson uh, to see the Lions deploy him over at guard yesterday, mm -hmm. and just how <laughs> like that's unfair, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see some of that where. Yeah. You know, they're going to do the whole NASCAR look, uh, get, yep. trying to get speed, you know, and get pressure and stuff. But, um, you know, back to Kyron Williams, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened with him at the combine. I don't know who his trainer was, but it wasn't a good performance for him. Mm -hmm. And he he ran slow and he just didn't. You know, I mean, he, he ran kind of like unexpectedly slow. Mm -hmm. He is not slow. He's a really good football player. He was a really good football player at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. they, they got a nice, you know, they have a nice, uh, he's going to be good for a long time for them. Yeah. But, well, and they, they've drafted well defensively. I mean, Byron, Byron Young has been very good. He had eight sacks this year. Kobe Turner has been really effective with nine sacks this year. Um, and he could be potentially defensive rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. And he was, the, you know, uh, a low draft pick out of uh, Wake Forest. I believe he was a fifth round pick, if I remember correctly. Or no, he was a third rounder because uh, he, yeah, he was a third rounder because I had him 84th. I think he went 87th. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly. If I remember that, that's sick. I need to start remembering things about my wife. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the Lions run in no surprise here. This was heavy when the Lions had Stafford. They run 11 personnel more than anybody in the league. They run it 95% of the time. So you're going to see Cup, Atwell, or um, Robinson, Nakua, and Higby, and then Kyron Williams. I mean, that's yeah. pretty much it. The Lions can find ways to defend that, and they can make them one-dimensional. It's not like we see a bunch of 12 and 13 personnel. Could they change that? Could they bring da Davis Allen, the un you know the rookie out of Clemson? Absolutely, they could. Um, I, I will say for the Lions offensively, um, you know, they're going to face primarily base defense, which is, it looks like an odd man front uh, with, with what the Rams run. They run a lot of odd man stuff and then dime defense, 17% of the time they're in their dime defense, which is ninth in the NFL. They're in their base defense, 26% of the time, um, but they're primarily a zone defense and golf has done well against zone defenses, 63% yeah. of the time. Uh, and these, th this information is from Sports Info Solutions, so you can check them out at SIS. But um, Goff has done well. You know, the, the, the Rams are 63% of their coverages are defended in zone. And prior to the Cowboys game, Goff was completing almost 72% of his passes against zone, had almost 2,800 yards against zone. Um, and I think outside I think of... where the Lions line up and, and, and can have advantages is there. Yeah. Amon Ra just... You know, he will find little places to sit down. He will. Yep. He's really good at that. And yeah. uh, there are other, uh, you know, the other Josh Reynolds is really good at that. Gibbs, a hundred percent. So James Mitchell. Yes. So I mean, th this could be, this could be the uh, the Gibbs breakout receiving game where mm -hmm. you know five six catches maybe he makes a splash play as a receiver. Uh, I, I mean, I, did, I think the Lions offense can hang with, with what the Rams have on defense. You know, uh, Lions offensive line is awesome. Mm -hmm. So as good as Aaron Donald and some of their interior guys are, I think the Lions, I'm not going to say can handle their business, but but they can in, in ways where they can find ways to, you know, not allow Aaron Donald to wreck your game plan. Yeah. Kinda, and they'll, and they're, they'll do that. Mm -hmm. It's... um. So this is going to be a really interesting test because this feels like a, a, a game where both offenses should really score lots of points. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is, uh, you know, the turnover thing is going to be big. Maybe a return changes things. You just never know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, this feels like lots of scoring. I don't know what the over-under is set at. 54. Or 51? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's... I would probably take the over there and feel pretty comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, Cause I just don't, I know, I don't know. I guess I feel like uh, if the Lions are going to win this game, it's going to be because they have outscored. That's the dumbest thing anybody could say. Clearly you've outscored the Rams. You know what I mean? They've had <laughs> the, the offense has really had to 
the offense has had a really good day if mm-hmm. you beat the Rams. But that's just, well, I mean, if you're going to beat the Packers, the offense has to have a really good day. It just is what it is. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that they get that going. Yeah, and I, I think the defense has to, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but the defense has to get some stops early. Like, they... Like get some stops, and, and obviously, if you want to get a, get a lead, by all means, get a lead. But like, um, just get some stops, and then later in the game, find ways to to get some pressure on Stafford, force him into a bad throw, get the football back, and try to limit him from getting you know a minute and a half on the clock to potentially come back and tie it up or win it. Because we all know what he's capable of doing in the fourth yes. quarter, and yeah. and and I bring that up because, and I know we're you know kind of wrapping up shop here, but. I bring it up because the last time the Lions played the Rams was in 2021 after the trade. Um, and the Lions team played very well in that game. They played tight. And this was a Lions football team that is nowhere near the type of team that they are now. And I get it. The Rams are not the same team. They don't have Jalen Ramsey on their team anymore. And they don't have Van Jefferson catching passes. Like they've they've restructured their roster as well. And they've done a great job doing it. And they deserve yeah. kudos. But just to give people an idea, they they got shut out in the fourth quarter. The, the Rams went on and scored 11 points in the fourth quarter to win 28 to 19. The Lions figured it out offensively then in the fourth quarter. They probably would have beat them. Um, and Stafford played great. But here was our starting offensive line. Left tackle was Panay Sewell, Jonah Jackson at left guard. Evan Brown was the starting center. Vitae was the right guard. And Matt Nelson was the right tackle. And the shocking stat of it all, Rookie season for Amon Ross St. Brown had 90 receptions that year. For whatever reason, had zero receptions and zero targets in that game. And I went back and watched the tape. He was on the field. So I don't know why he wasn't getting the football, but DeAndre Swift led the way with eight receptions. The next two were Hawkinson and Raymond with six receptions. And this was in 2021. So like, this is a different football team. Oh, yeah. And they spread the football around. They can run it more efficiently, I think, than, than before with Swift and Jamal Williams. Um, so I, I just, I looked at that stuff and I was like, okay, I, and I get it. Rams are a different football team, but like that kind of eased me a little bit. And, and you bring up a great point. This is a game for Jared Goff because he got put to the curb and I get it. They've played once before, but he had to go to their place on a bad roster. They now yeah. come to his place with a good roster. And if we talk about redemption game, a prove it game, that was the Broncos four weeks ago. He threw five touchdowns. I know he had Sam Laporta in that game, but I don't need him to throw five touchdowns. Just throw me three, throw me four, um, throw me two, and just have the defense do something. Yeah, and I think we, I mean, as Lions fans, we need to rally around the concept that this isn't this isn't Stafford coming home. Mm-hmm. No, this is our quarter. And I'm, trying, I'm not a I am not a huge Jared Goff guy, but Jared Goff is our quarterback, mm-hmm. and. As a fan of this team, you know I am going to get behind him, and I, I want him to. I want him to have that statement game. I want yeah. him to. Hey, you were wrong. You know, yeah, you made the trade and all this stuff, but guess what? I just beat you. You know, mm-hmm. we're this is this is the Lions, and we beat you. Kind of. I want you know. I want that. I want him to have that kind of a statement game, and it's right there for him. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that they play well, and, and the reality is. Is that the Lions need to execute on offense and defense? They need to play a good game, mm-hmm. and if they play a good game, I think they'll be okay. Um, we know they're going to give up plays on defense. We know that you know stuff's going to happen. This is a resilient group, though. So mm-hmm. you know, I would expect them to to bounce back from some of the you know something negative happens or they give up a big play, which I'm expecting them to do. They're going to give up big plays. Yeah, they're going to make a bunch of big plays of their own too. So. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see what it looks like both during the game. Um, you know, I'm glad we're doing this earlier in the week than later because it's 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 easier to talk about it without having to think so much about the individual matchups and some of the stuff that might you know go down the rabbit hole of all right, how do you defend Cooper Cup while also defending Nakua at the same yeah. time? You know, I, I trust that they they're going to find a way to do their best to limit. Um, the amount of time that Stafford has, and and you know, to me, it's interesting. This is this is a huge opportunity for McNeil because Stafford loves to climb the, into the pocket. He doesn't want to leave, you know, 
he doesn't want to leave the pocket so much as to climb up into the pocket. Mm-hmm. And if they can, if they can get some hits on him and get some pressure and make it uncomfortable for him to set his front foot before throwing the ball, yeah. he has a tendency to throw high passes. Mm-hmm. You know, things get sail on him. We saw that with Mullins yesterday. Yep. But it's more of a this is a good opportunity for them to send late blitzers yeah. into you know into open spaces, run throughs kind of stuff. Where yeah. I'm, I'm really I'm I'm excited to see what Aaron Glenn dials up in this matchup. But to yeah. me, this is a Jared Goff opportunity, and I I'm here for it. I'm yeah. excited to see it. I, I'm with you. Same thing with St. Brown. It's it's opportunities for all these guys and. You, you got my mind spinning now with, with McNeil and Stafford stepping up. Like It could be a very good day for Kaminsky, who was a healthy scratch this past week. Um, he got some rest, and if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he just was sick. I don't think yeah. he was, yeah. he, he was he sick. Her, and he then was in an illness, yeah. 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 So um, I, I think that's huge. I, I think we're going to, you know, if the blitzes get home and they step up, and, and that's one thing the Lions defensive line, as far as the interior, has done pretty consistently all year. They've they've played in the gap and, and they've controlled it well. Um, and and they you know the, the Rams have a good offensive line, but there's nobody on there where I'm like they, you know they don't have a Panay Sewell. Like Steve Avila was a very nice find. Who by the way, great young man. Talked to him at the Senior Bowl, but like they don't have an offensive lineman where it's like man, like you got to get around this bookend tackle and this guard and this center. Like the Lions have those types of things. The, the Rams don't, and Stafford. You mentioned it, he steps up. I, I mean, I could see some scenarios where a strip sack, um, just the pressure getting to him. And I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm getting excited. I'm getting juiced up. Yeah. It's Monday, and I hear you. I'm just, hope, I'm just hoping that when we click and record tonight, and people listen to this, it's not the last you know game preview and review for us i hope we don't have to shift into draft mode just yet i'm, I'm excited to do that as well but i, I want to keep this thing going because it's been so much fun um and i know 100%. you're enjoying it yeah. yeah and and if you guys want more you guys of course can find us on twitter or x whatever it's called at russ nfl draft at bischoff underscore scott and like i mentioned earlier in the show you can rate review and subscribe to the detroit lions podcast here on youtube apple podcast Spotify and all other streaming uh, podcast platforms. So, Scott, my man, you got anything else for us as we kind of close up shop? Potentially yeah. one last. I'm excited to get back next week to preview the next game. Oh man, he's counting chickens before they hatch. I don't know. Uh, nope, I'm not. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about the possibilities. <laughs> yes. Well, guys, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're excited. And look, we're talking about first 12 win season since 1991, tied for most ever in franchise history, first NFC. Uh, division championship or uh, division title in the NFC North ever and first one since 93 home playoff game man we're living we're we're having a lot of fun we enjoy it Uh, he's Scott Bischoff I'm Russ Brown this has been Bischoff and Brown right here on the Detroit Lions podcast let's bring it in here together let's go let's go baby Lions on three one two three you've had enough of that shit